TFS, episode number 95. This is Greg Duncan. And this is Martin Woodward. Hey, Martin. Well, how are you? We've we've shipped. Ship it. (laughs) TFS 2015. Who'd have thought it? Back when we started this show, we were on TFS 2005. Would you believe? Probably when we... Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I probably probably just about got got that one out of the door. (laughs) (laughs) So, 2015 RTM. So, let let me guess. uh, Are you running 2015 RTM yet, Greg? Probably not. No. What are you on? No. Are you on in your office? Uh, we're uh, 2013 update four, uh, update five. As we all know, has also come out. So I'm looking at either going to update five or looking at TFS 2015. I'm actually debating. I think I'm going to wait till 2015 update one. Oh, you know, you're not one of these service pack one people, are you? Yeah. No, no. Actually, I'm not. But the the, the thing is, is all these awesome features in 2015 for my day job. It doesn't really matter, you know, because it's all the planning and the web interface and all this stuff, and, and we're using it for version control. Well, it's worth – yeah, so um, over on the, the Visual Studio site, and Brian and Soma both got some good blog posts summarizing what's in um, the mm-hmm. final version of TFS 2015. Probably worth just recapping quickly. I think Brian's post was quite good. You know, I quite like that one as in terms of right. quick summary. But yeah, the Agile project management he talks about, which we've discussed a bit. We should probably have a show all about that, actually. Do you want? Should we get Aaron on and talk talk about the Agile project management stuff? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, so we'll talk a bit about that. Um, then there's the Build Me Next, which we talked about last show. That was a popular show. Yeah. If people see that one, that might get me over. I might that swing might it be because I've actually started. I'm the only one in the company that's doing. We've got the build agents all set up and starting to do the builds and looking at the XAML builds. I'm like, going, oh yeah, I, I remember why I kind of hated these. Yep. So um, it, it, that might push me over the edge mm. and the, the project rename. Yeah, the continuous delivery stuff is interesting as well. Would you not use that? Do you not think to, to to deploy to even a test machine or something? Uh, I kind of doubt it. I don't know. My team is now like doubled in size. We went from a team of two to a team of four. Now we're going to go to a team of six, and it's a number of different seniors that are joining, and we're now doing you know in-house web projects. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it might be. Whereas we had a team of two, and we both had our own siloed applications. It didn't make a lot of sense to do all this infrastructure. But now that we're growing out, it's, it's time to start doing it right. Yeah, it's so, handy for deploying stuff to a, like a, um, a pre-production instance of IIS and things like that. That sort of stuff right. is actually quite cool for – or um, even an Azure box that's hosting a pre-production instance for you that's all locked down and all that sort of thing. Um, what about team project rename? Do you have no, no recourse for team project rename in your life? <laughs> We might use that. We definitely have a number of projects that we just migrated over from uh, 2012 and then, you know, kind of moved them over and then consolidated the collections. And now it's all kind of, you know, uh, yeah, you know how these evolve over time. It gets a bit old and funky, doesn't it? You get, you get a bit of that, you know, old people smell in your in – your... <laughs> So that might be – that's the other thing that, that might push me over the edge. But again, I might just wait for – because I got to make sure everybody's updated. Because if you're doing project rename, which we'll talk in a later post, um, but you know you, you really should be on 2013 update five or 2015. Uh, I don't. We actually have some 2012s in house. They should be up on update five. So I need to get make sure that all of their clients are all up to date mm-hmm. before 
we roll that out. And then we had, obviously, the the features I was more involved with probably, but actually ones I would upgrade for was around, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're, you're using Team Foundation version control, so you already kind of have these in TFVC, but it's okay. over on the Git side, they have the uh, enhanced pull request stuff and the equivalent of gated builds for, for, for Git, you know, so Git, so basically it's um, what's called a branch policy on a, on a, on a, on a repo, so you can, can, you can say, hey, you're only allowed to merge to this branch when it's passed a build, and you know, when the build's succeeded and things like that, and you've had a code review and all those sorts of things. So, um, yeah, I mean, but that's that's one that's not one that you would go for. So, uh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, probably not. And then all the extensibilities of there is quite handy as well. Um, if you, but if you're not, if you're using TFS out of the box and you don't need to hook into the the SOAP APIs, but there, it's worth saying that all those SOAP APIs are available. Um, what about the licensing stuff? I mean, the important one for you was probably the stakeholder licensing, and that was backported to TFS 2013. How, right. Um, yeah. It, just because we're only using it for version control, it's not that big of a deal anymore. Right. You know, before we did the whole evil evil J thing, um, I was really really interested in, in looking at that and and you know uh, uh, waiting for that to come out, but now. We just we're not using that side of it. It kind of makes me sad. Yeah, you know, I I die a little bit every time when I go to our Jira site. Yeah, but, uh, how are you finding things over there? Are you getting the hang of it now, or <sighs> there are some good things and bad. You get you get used to anything, yeah. and the team is using it, and we're trying to figure out you know the quote unquote right way uh, of of doing it. You know, we tried project scrums, and that's not going to work. So we're going to now do team scrums, and you know. Trying to get it's, it's as much the technology as the people using it, if not more so. The it's people so, using it are the key. So, if they're not tasking stuff out and it actually scrum, you know, in your sprint and user storing it and tasking it out appropriately, it doesn't matter what tool you use. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. Okay, not I, enough. I, yeah, that's fine. Um, the the I think the biggest thing probably along, along the licensing that I remember, and you correct me if I'm wrong, it was just around the fact you could get the the VSO accounts and that they yeah, yeah. TFS cows. So if you if you are in a place that's buying TFS cows, if you're not just getting your TFS access, you know because you're a small team or because you've got because um, you've got uh, um, everyone's got MSTNs or anything, if you're actually buying TFS cows and being able to rent them is definitely um, a very cost effective solution for most companies yeah and that's what you guys out there just because i'm not you know doesn't apply to me as much as the show isn't about me it's about you so before you have to fight the evil j battle definitely take a look at what these licenses have expanded to uh and maybe you can you know take better advantage of all the i mean just there's awesome set of capabilities in the box if you already got tfs in-house tfs 2015 and the license expansion it's kind of really starting to make it a no-brainer. Yeah, and the, the important thing, is, like you say, it, the tooling is good. Both, both, you know, the TFS tooling is excellent, also as well, obviously. Um, it's it, but you have to. It's the people, you know. Software, right. is, software is made by people. It's a people <laughs> process. It's not a. It's not a, a sausage factory, you know. So, uh, yep, you got to. It's all about changing the way you work. It's not about uh, you know concentrate less on the tools and focus on just you know improving the way that you work and getting better the way you work. Really, I guess. So, um, yeah, what, what about, I mean, if you were to upgrade, what's the deal with um, compatibility and things like that? Would you be able to upgrade? 
Yeah, uh, probably. Definitely in my systems. You know, we talked about this in episode 93 a couple shows ago, and uh, uh, they released the official compatibility matrix, but it was a little bit it wasn't the easiest thing to read. You had to scroll down and read through it. When Mike uh, Fourier mm-hmm. did a one-page PDF and took all that and created a cheat sheet for your Team Foundation Server Compatibility and Requirement Summary, um, you know, if, if you've got any, if you've got 2010 through X in-house, both client and server side, if you're thinking about upgrading, this is actually probably one of the first things you should go look at because mm. it's everything that you need to worry about. Server OS, client OS, SQL Server, Office, Project Server, SharePoint, client compatibility, minimum hardware requirements, Team Explorer Anywhere, browsers. It's all there, and it's just the one page. Cool. No, that is really, really useful, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So, uh, um, and it's it's a simple matrix. Really, you just can't beat it. Yeah. So, uh, thanks, Mike, for for uh, releasing that. We were. It was actually kind of funny. Um, when TFS 2015 came out, it was August 6th, a week ago today. Uh, was it a week ago today? Oh, um, darn! Well, it doesn't matter because we're not recording. It doesn't moment. matter. It is but out. I need this. Exactly. We were on. There is a, a Skype conversation, ongoing Skype conversation with a number of uh, ALM VS ALMs on there, and we were all chatting about is it out? Is it out? And you know, Gordon beaming is is there in you know South Africa, and he's downloading it, and we're all going all about it because you know we have no, you know, TFS is our life, and um. That's where I actually saw Mike's post first, where mm. he talked about uh, this compatibility, and he's like posting this and releasing it. And he says, "Today, Microsoft released the next major on-premises." Like, Mike, have they actually released that yet? He was like doing it. It had to have been like minutes before the other posts started going live. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, cool. Um, so, yeah, well, um, Brian Keller did an interesting post as well, actually, around there's a change to um, the way that product keys are handled. So okay. in the old days, this like, bear with me on this one, <laughs> and hopefully <laughs> I'll, I'll explain it right. I can I can just about remember some of this stuff. So in the old days, when you downloaded TFS, you're probably downloading it from MSDN. And mm-hmm. it's what's called uh, pre-pitted. So basically right. um, there was a... Um, a license key that was kind of baked into the media and then when you installed it um it had the product id and that was done and now it's moved to um pre-keyed so everybody has now unique product keys um and if you go to your um msn subscription you can actually click you know click on the product key button and get the product key and um see what your product key is and that's all good but the um the the media is pre-keyed, so now when you actually go and subscribe in, when you actually ins- do f- go through the installer, you do now get a product key box, which you never used to get in the old days in the installer. Um, you, you get the box to enter your product key now, but that should, I think, for reading from Brian, I haven't actually tried this myself yet on the RTM, I think it should automatically pre-populate with your product key if you've downloaded it from the MSDN download. But if you download um, a trial version, or if you get um, the uh, um, the uh, volume 
if you've got like download bits from our you know from a download site, then you can actually go type a product key in to make it retail. You don't have to go you don't have to go get a key out of some run you know the RTM version. You can actually go make a trial version retail easily enough by getting your product key from the MSDN site. Or uh, it always takes a while, but the volume license uh, people, software subscribers, you know, so if you're in a big, mm-hmm. you've got a volume license agreement. There's a there's a volume license download site which is kind of similar to MSDN, but it's you know to download your volume your software for the whole company and right. they also I mean, it normally takes a couple more weeks to land there but eventually you'll be able to uh, you probably you should be able to go there and go get your product key out of the volume license um, software center as well i think that makes sense so i'm going through you bringing up the install now while we talk <laughs> No, actually, the next two posts, one from Ben Day, uh, Benjamin Day, who we've had on the show, he actually did a great, an outstanding installation guide. This is like a 91-page PDF, and it takes you from literally zero, from not even having the OS installed, all the way through installing the OS and all the things you need to do to the OS, to installing SQL Server, uh, uh, the entire zero to TFS install. And I'm scanning through that, looking for the TFS install, TFS server. So it comes just after. It comes just after. So if you, um, uh, Sinduja. Oh, hello. I apologize, Sinduja. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to say. Um, had a had a good. Um, oh, that's terrible. He's on the. Team. He's got another good. But no, yeah, he's he's, a, he's, a, he's been doing some really good posts lately over on right. the TFS um, uh, setup team, and um, there's a post there about um, going through the setup process, and it actually shows you the the screen that comes up to enter your license key in, and that you know this one's from a trial installation, so uh, you mm-hmm. see the enter trial or enter license key, and then the license key's blank, so. I'm hoping I'm hoping the key's there. But anyway, if the key's not there, go to the MSDN place, and you're used to doing it for Windows and stuff, you know. Go to your product keys section, click on product keys, and you'll be able to go get your product key for uh, for, um, for, for TFS. So it shouldn't be too bad, but make sure you've got your, your product key. Yeah, going through Ben's document, and it doesn't have that screen, so it's interesting to when that come up. I really liked actually the idea of it not being pre-pitted because I thought that you could now download that ISO and, and basically kind of like the volume license, just basically put that um, ISO out on a network share and not worry about somebody getting your key or anything because you would have to go to the MSDN site to get it. Mm. And Visual Studio 2015 uh, uh, did the same thing. Uh, Visual Studio used to come pre-pitted, but now it's also had the product key installation, if I remember correctly, when I installed that. That was so many uh, you know, hours ago that uh, I can't really remember off the top of my head. But I know there's a product key. It's not pre-pitted. Um, so, uh, again, another hopefully yeah. good way to share. Well, she's, now, uh, Sinjuja is actually online. I might just give her a quick ping while we're uh, <laughs> while we're talking and, and uh, <laughs> well you do that yeah and then i'm going to talk about some of these alm ranger posts even uh-huh. though we, we've got alm ranger stuff at the end the alm rangers oddly enough are talking about um tfs upgrades mm-hmm. they've done a number of uh not they it's um mike abramson has done one two three 
for five different posts in the last six days talking about the TFS upgrade. Short lead list checklist, long lead preparations, long lead checklist, post upgrade checklist, and the elements of TFS 2015 that influence an upgrade. They talk about, I don't know if we talked about the TFS pre-upgrade tool or not, but there's a number of uh, fairly significant changes to the schema. This pre TFS upgrade tool helps with. Uh, let me see. It will. Uh, it uh, enables compression on a small number of tables that were not compressed in 2013. That will be in 2015. Scan or fix very well, but well understood document corruption errors in the TFS version control data. It'll create new tables, migrate existing data. It'll create tig- triggers. So if you run that TFS upgrade tool today, but don't upgrade until next week, those triggers will keep those up pre-upgrade tables in sync. It'll update store procedures, creates indexes. So this tool will do this for you, thereby making the actual upgrade much faster. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm just heard back from uh, Sanjuja, and she said that um, it is, in fact, pre-keyed, the MSDN media. So it comes up, and it's automatically populated. So there you go. Don't be downloading ISO and stick it on your network share. Okay. At least not legally. What you want to do is download the trial ISO and stick that on your network share. There you go. That way you can use the key from the MSDN or not. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yep. Thank you. All right. There you go. Live support. You think we probably? You think we prepared this show? Well, never mind. <laughs> so I just want a quick, quick shout out to Ben while we talk about Ben. Was you, uh, I was hoping that I was hoping I might run into Ben on, on the weekend because I was um, Ed Tom. We talked about Ed Thompson a few times. He's the he's on the on the version control team. Looks after get stuff and we work together at Team Price. It was his uh, wedding in Chicago, so I was I was out there and Ben was you know was hoping Ben could make it, but he wasn't he wasn't able to make it. But Angela Dugan was there and uh, and and Dugan, her husband, was also there. So that was cool. <laughs> I got to spend time with those guys. That was I enjoyed it. Was she showing off her Radio TFS sticker? She was, actually. I felt really bad because um, <laughs> it's funny. Ed was handing out party favors, and me and Angela were thrilled because we got, like, you know. The, uh, uh, but, you know, um, if you'd use the Git version of TFS, if you use TFS and you're talking to Git, when you, if you do it from the command line, you do a clone, you get back this TFS, uh, like, console art comes back at you. <laughs> and so he's turned that into a sticker, which I thought was awesome. So uh, oh. I've got, he gave me that in my, as, like, a wedding favor which is brilliant and Andrew, me and Andrew were just thrilled and we also get some we got like Libgit turns all the stickers which we were thrilled about and then I was like oh man I should have brought because I've got you know when we when we got the sticker set up I got a, like a stack load of stickers I should have okay. just brought them with me and handed her some but I forgot about <laughs> it but hey I'll be at MVP Summit so I'll bring a load out with me then and then uh, make sure we give them out there so. yeah, yeah me too um, and uh, we'll talk about more stickers more about stickers here towards the end okay there we go um Sorry, I, so, I distracted you there. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Uh, we were going to do. No, we talked about the Alien Rangers, and basically, we'll we'll have the, all these links in the show notes. Um, if you're looking to the upgrade, Mike's posts are, are ones that you have to de- uh, definitely read. Mm. But what what one of the safe things that Angela, speaking of Angela, talked yeah. about was you know clone the environment. Yeah. So uh, Ricci did a great post um, again. He's always does some good blog posts. But this around um, how to do a dry run of an upgrade and basically how to you know clone your TFS environment and and mm-hmm. do that. The, the the key thing is really to um, when 
the key thing to remember is that TFS bakes in some like GUIDs into it, and mm-hmm. you can get into this horrible position where you think you're talking to your like your um, backup version of TFS, and actually you're doing an upgrade against your production TFS because it's <laughs> embedded stuff in there. So the most important thing once you've once you've like taken a backup, you know, and and, and got it over running in a VM somewhere else, is to um, use the TFS config change server ID command, and that's that's the, that's like morally equivalent to sysprepping a machine you know it's like sysprepping a tfs instance kind of thing um, and telling it it's a different instance but then another thing you can do uh, another tip um, which is actually quite an interesting tip is to go and um, in the hosts file of all the machines you're using go and null out like the the addresses of your production machines and have them point somewhere else or or go make sure that they're actually you know and then that way you know for sure that you're not talking to your production machine because you're just going to some you know you're going to like dev null you know it won't resolve as an ip address properly and you're not going to do anything horribly horrible and you you would do this for both your and your a tier application tier but also your data tier you know to make sure it's if you've got them on separate machines so that you can uh, you don't have the what i've seen happen is like a cloned application tier talking to the production database. That's a very <laughs> mistake that happens. Yeah. Um, because cause it's very easy and TFS is configured to work that way. You can have multiple ATs talking to one, you know, data tier and that works great. Um so yeah, don't do that and then and then upgrade your AT your AT thinking, woo So uh where's you gonna make sure so no that's a that's a, a good post on how how actually to do that. Yeah, and this is actually good. I was always lazy. Yep. Uh, and not you know just pr- upgraded production, uh, saying it was hard. I didn't know how to do it. Blah blah so, blah. Again, at this wedding, it was a fa- it was a fantastic TFS wedding because uh, it was me, Angela, and Short Willier, who again I used to work with at Team Prize, and uh, Corey was there as well from Team Prize days, and we were all sort of reminiscing about how, like TFS 2015 and how we did like nightmares and horrible things that happened to us back when we were trying to upgrade it and install it, and and how we did our upgrades again, which is the trick of you know pulling out the hard drive and stuff. And people think I'm right. when I say that, but it works it worked brilliantly. So there we go. But yeah, reading this post and then reading the MSDN, uh, <laughs> I, I love that. Uh, do a dry run of your upgrade in a pre-production environment, and the first bullet point is: Do I need to bother? A paragraph of why? Why? Why do you need to bother? So, uh, well, it's, it's, uh, I mean, if you're not worried about how long you're going to be down, if you're just going to get it done, then maybe you don't. Right. But um, yeah, it's worth doing just to um, you know. Just to see how long it's going to take when you when you actually end up doing a production upgrade, and make sure you run those tests as well. You know, like the setup wizard, it goes through and it checks everything, and you're good to go. And yeah, that saved right. that saved my bacon so many times. So yeah, yeah, and I could see that. You know, even though I'm saying that it in house, we're only using it for version control, but mm. all of our version control is on there. Our all and our entire IP is all there. So hosing that. Yeah, you're not going to be just, popular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no. But, so. but more importantly, um, what's actually more interesting though is you can. It's always hard to evaluate a new version without looking at real data, you know. Mm-hmm. And so you can go put it in this VM against a copy of your uh, a snapshot of your you know your actual real your data, and then it just makes it so much easier to kick the tires and evaluate it and see if it's going to work if it's 
got your code in, you know, and you can actually have a look at it and go, oh, yeah, this this looks familiar. I know where I am here. And, oh, that's a shiny feature. Or, oh, there's nothing, there's nothing here that I'm going to use. You know, I'll, I'll just hold on for a bit. So. Right, right. Well, Martin, it's about that time of the show. Isn't it? Yep. Uh, episode 95 of Radio TFS is brought to you by SAS Made Easy, a leader in hosted TFS, dedicated virtual servers, and TFS ALM consulting. You can reach them at www.sasmadeeasy.com or via email at sales at S-A-A-S-M-A-D-E-E-A-S-Y.com. And again, I want to thank them for uh, helping sponsor the show, helping us bring you this show. Now, other updates. Uh, has VSO s- stood uh, not updated anything? Are they are they still updating uh, on their cadence? Um, the answer is yes. They are still updating. They are still rolling with the cadence. Uh, August seventh had an update as well, which syncs up. If I remember right, I, I looked at watched Brian's presentation when he talked about TFS twenty fifteen, and I remember him demoing. I swear, some of these things, because we talked about color tags and tiles. So um, I, I, I swear that all, some of these things are what we will see in 2015. Do you know, Martin, off the top of your head, whether what was rolled to VSO on August 7th, is that still ahead of TFS 2015 RTM? I'm almost sure it is, but I can go okay. check on the website. So there is a feature matrix, which I'm just going to go to now. Um, which will tell me, and it, it, it gives you a breakdown of all the different features and um, and what version they're in. So you hold off, uh, you hold with me there a second. One of the things okay. I love about um, uh, the the blog posted on this particular one was um, that they actually like it was just it sounds daft, but they're, they're using animated gifs and things like that to show you some <laughs> of the features. I thought that was awesome. TFS features. Here we go. Let me let me see if I can find it. I seem to remember some sort of link. Oh no, that's not right. No, uh, I'll find it. Go on. You carry on going while I'm. While I'm oh no, well, I'll tell you what I will do. Um, one of the things we talked about. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, we'll put we'll, it in we'll the, show notes. the show yeah, notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you. I'm 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 pretty sure they're ahead. I'm trying to think okay. when, when they flipped. I'm trying to think when. They, yeah, see, I'm not on the team anymore, so apologies. Right. I can't remember when the build was taken. So I don't. Uh, and I only kind of. When was Chris we'll on, put you on the yeah, spot? Yeah. There, so. When was Chris on the show? When did he, when did we record that show? Two weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. So uh, definitely then the August seventh build will have been won't have been in RTM. So right there we go. That was easy. Um, just because I was talking to him about timing at the time, so that's good. <laughs> so uh, another thing. Um, Speaking of Chris. Speaking of Chris, yeah, that's almost seamless uh, segue to <laughs> sporting for me. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Jeff Bramwell uh, did a great blog post about. Um, uh, you, Chris mentioned last week or last show about record, um, updating your build agents, and uh, you mentioned that oh yeah, the build you know you mentioned like as an aside towards the end of the show oh yeah, and your build agents automatically update now. And I'm like whoa, hold on a minute. <laughs> we could actually, I think everybody could hear your jaw drop. Yeah, exactly. Was- when they started talking, you're like. What? That's yeah. so, so, so useful. So, yeah, well done, team. And um, what does that, I, you know, I hadn't, I obviously hadn't seen that feature. And so what does that actually look like? Well, Jeff Brown has got a blog post that explains it and shows you, it not only does it show you um, how to update them all, so you can just go in and for a particular pool, say, update all agents, and then, you know, it gives you a little, you know, are you sure kind of prompt, but it'll do it. You do all this through the web, you know, just through the agent pool configuration in the website. Um, mm-hmm. But you can also, so go and um, 
if you click on an individual agent, it'll tell you what the agent version is. So you can go see, you know, what particular version you're doing. So, um, and it's interesting that the, uh, the it's, it's, it's interesting how stuff leaks out. Uh, so he's on like the, you see it, um, it's one for version one and then sprint number and then build number kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, so it's like the uh, sprint 85 was, was the one that it was out there. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. There we go. So it's, it's fascinating. I'm just looking at my calendar over here and I go, all right, okay. I can actually see, <laughs> I can actually see the exact date when that was built. You know what I mean? By oh. looking at my calendar. But I'll probably not release that because it's quite embarrassing. Actually, it was quite a long time. But yeah, there we go. So, um, it, it, it's fascinating so um it de- definitely um it just couldn't be easier to go keep those build agents updated so you, you can do that now and don't forget the new tfs 2015 is compatible with your older build agents so if you got like you don't have to upgrade all your old tfs 2013 and tfs 2012 and if you go to mike for your blog post it'll tell you all about this i dare say right but you still you, you can't do build v next no, 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 no! You can't go ahead. You can still do server, but you right. can do XAML builds on right. the newer server. This is why it's always good to upgrade your server first, and then you can get your infrastructure upgraded later, and you can go get your Visual Studio clients upgraded later, and you can go, you know, use the new shiny stuff later. Uh, but yeah, if you upgrade your server, then that—that's the unblocking thing. That's the thing you have to do. <laughs> Yeah, I remember when the build agents w- weren't like backwards. I remember that. Oh yeah, uh, no. Uh, <sighs> Yep, even between updates. Uh, yeah. Oh, anyway. But no, they've done, they've done a good job. They, they get it. <laughs> they've heard that feedback and they've fixed it. So, you know, we, we've been talking about Team Project Rename for forever. It's been like the most asked for feature since 2005. Literally thousands of people asking for this feature. I mean, isn't it easy? Isn't it just a simple, oh, I'm just going to do a name change? Isn't it just some sort of descriptor, display name for some hidden GUID? Uh, no, it's not. Uh, Matt's got a great post here. Um, I would like to pronounce his last name. Emilia? Sounds Emilia. good to me. Anyway. Um, post, project rename. Team project rename, is that easy? Uh, it's not. He, he goes into the details of why it's not, you know, because the schema is extremely complicated. You have the client side dependencies, the uh, build definition dependencies, even the um, your queries. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have a lot of your queries based on, you know, at project. Updating all of those is, is also part of this. So that's why that's why we have that um, pre-upgrade tool. It helps fix all this. The schema change, the massive schema change, was really to make this easier. Yeah. Now, interestingly, yeah, it's interesting. In so client side, um, mm-hmm. there's little things like Visual Studio used right. to make assumptions on um, stuff to do with like where the properties for a check-in policy was stored was based upon the name of the project being the, the, also the same name that the path is in version control and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so we've had to fix a bunch of prices and, and do all sorts of magic to make it all work. So well done, team. This is, right. why, this is he, why it took 10 years to get there. Yeah, really. And uh, uh, Matt reemphasizes the client-side uh, versions that you need in place: 2015, 2013 update two, 2015 up, uh, 2013 update five, 2012 update tw- five. 
Um, or 2015 of Team Explorer everywhere. There you go. I didn't, we didn't. Right. Them, but yeah. Yep. <sighs> Super. So we talked about Sonicube. Yeah, we talked when, when were we talking about Sonicube recently, but we, it's, it's definitely one of those um, conversations. You know, it's one of those topics that's uh, getting, you know, getting a lot more traction. And then mm-hmm. and it was in build, wasn't it? That we actually um, showed off the, the Sonicube integration on right. that. So um, you can get, you can uh, now play it with the one yourself of this integration. And over on the ALM blog, uh, Jean Jean Marc has gone and done a blog post um, explaining all about the the Sony Cube integration. He was very closely involved with that. He's based is he's, he's based in Paris, but he works for the Cambridge Cambridge UK team. So um, or the same team that's like um, you know Stuart Kent and all the CodeLens people and all those sorts of people. It's all all that same team. So he's he's a good guy and um yeah so it tells you all about how this how to set this up how to go um and have the the c sharp plugin for sonicube so you can actually go look at your um sonicube you know you can go do it for dotnet projects and go give it a go so there's a there's a um an ms build runner for sonicube that gets installed and then that kicks off and the advantage of doing it that way is actually um you can you can integrate these um it integrates from memory and you ha- um, this is from memory back when I was talking to the mm-hmm. team about it, which is uh, which is you know old memories. Um, it actually integrates into the um, the proj files, so you know like the CS proj file type level right. place is where it integrates in. So that's why it's kind of there and um, as a as a MS build task. But it also means you can run it as part of. Um, so it just it just runs basically once you got it on your build server. But um, you can also run it as part of a um, a build v next one as well. So it's all good. So the term runner, you know, sonicube.msbuild.runner, I, I see that with unit testing a lot. You know, there's the, the different runners for X unit and N unit. Uh-huh. Is that a common well, so it's, thing used yeah. for msbuild? Um, it's more for like the activity. So it's not a, okay. I mean, it is, it is an msbuild target that is a runner. Um, okay. But it's, it's because it's, um, it's running the Sonicube test suite, you know, and the Sonicube analysis system. It's okay. it's not, but yeah. So that's why it's running it that way. So it's it's running the analysis. So with test runners as well, you are you are running some code which goes and finds the tests and then executes them. So that's that's why the runners, oh. I think. Got it. That makes sense. Uh-huh. So our a friend of the show, mm-hmm. Bruno. People are going to get so Capuano. Capuano. We're going to get. We're going to have to I, I, pronounce everybody's surnames before we start because we all. The problem people don't realize is we talk to a lot of these people like Bruno. We talk to all the time, and he's El Bruno, and so we just call him Bruno. You know, never mind. Yeah. Anyway, carry on, Bruno. And I actually went to pronounce names for a number of these, and we found some of them. Some of them we didn't. Uh-huh. I didn't, and I've actually learned Capu, Capuano. There we go. Cool. Uh, did a nice post. Yep. You, you guys know I love the extensions. I, I love the extensibility. Um, he did a great roll-up post for the 2015 um, extensions, including Git. One we've talked about in the past, the TFS source control history of visualization that gives you that awesome diagram of the, and animated animated history chart of your source code has been updated to 2015 mm-hmm. the source control explorer extension uh, most importantly at least in, in in my book the tfs productivity pack love that uh the auto shelve extension the visual stool uh, tools for <laughs> visual stools <laughs> never mind sorry <laughs> had a boy laugh moment there um 
the Git commit formatter, Git flow for 2015. Did we talk about the Git commit formatter before? I don't think we have. No, I don't think that's so one we've it's not. It's just a weird one. Is it? It's a convention in the Git community that your your Git commit message is uh, – so we call it 5072. So basically the, the first line of the message is 50 characters or less for summary, and then you have two carriage returns, and then you have like a, a more detailed explanation. And in the UI, this shows up in different ways. But basically um, – it but that that um that the the more detailed one is is people like to wrap at 72 characters because then when you're using lots of different com- crazy command lines on linux and stuff it always shows up okay and things like that so anyway but yeah sorry it's- no no uh yeah, and there's links to all these posts. We'll have links in the show notes to El Bruno's post as, as well as to the the TFS productivity pack cool so People building these extensions, uh, especially if they're doing like client-side extensions or they're building custom apps. Yeah, we talked, to, we talked S- a bit about this last week, didn't we? We had a quite, we were kind of debating, you know, with now that Team Explorer, um, what was the week before? Now that Team Explorer um, doesn't isn't a thing. And that right. that's used to what that used to be what you had to install to be able to do any of these SDK apps. And I think we were talking at the time, hey, I wonder what happens about Team Explorer and they're like, if you're doing <laughs> SDK apps now. Well, the team have got a much better solution to this. They've just released um and this actually came in the August seventh update. Um they've just released a um a NuGet package with the TFS with the VSO and TFS uh, .NET object model in it. So you can just have it as a NuGet dependency. Yay! Not only, not only that, the licensing has changed, so uh, you can bundle that you know that that API in your application. Yay! So uh, you know you don't have. But to, that doesn't that doesn't mean the users. You can just put this out on the internet, and anybody can talk to VS to any VSO or TFS system, right? Yeah, it does. Uh, his, uh, well, no, they still need the cal. Well, they still need to yeah, talk. Okay, but any, TFS, any TFS cal that they they have a license to talk to. But yes, right, right, it, and now that the it's merged between VSO and TF for those licenses. That should actually make that Cal requirement simpler. Yeah, but if, yeah, if, if you've got access to a TFS instance legally, then yes, you can use this. You know, you can go use this stuff. In the past, people weren't allowed to um, redistribute those uh, the client object model libraries, and so they had right. to do all sorts of hoops and either get some. You know, it was guy go get somebody to install Team Explorer, or if you had some like internal application. And believe it or not, this is how Coplex works. But don't tell anyone. Then what it used to do was like X copy deploy the the relevant assemblies it needed over somewhere, and it would all go horribly wrong sometimes because. X copy deploying wasn't supported and horrible things would break. Um, so the, the, this this way of doing it is much better. So there we go. Yeah, I won't talk about the utility that I wrote at my day job called TFS Getter yeah. that we use on multiple different networks that talk to our TFS system. That is also an X copy deployed version of the components using this object model that we kind of had to figure out what things were copied and stuff. Uh, because that that was illegal at the time, so we won't talk about yeah. that. But now there you go. Well, now it works, and um, it's good. And you can just use and you just use NuGet package restore is the way to go. So that you know uh, when you auto package restore. So that when you are doing your build, it all works magically and everything works. So oh, that's great. And this should work 
there's there's a number of different libraries, and the post has a dependency graph uh, talking about it. But this same library will work both on 2015 as well as VSO as well as 2013. Yeah, correct? and it goes so, all the way down to it's all the same compatibility matrix that again is in Mike Fourier's blog post. But right. it goes all the way back basically TFS. Um, the usual rule uh, again, I don't know, is it's usually like this is what it used to be on the team was one forward and two back, but it's got a lot better. So um, uh, yeah, so basically any version of TFS that people are using, I think it's TFS twenty ten onwards or whatever, then the um, I'm pretty sure that's right. Then then the object model will work against. Um, so no, nobody's really using the other ones now. Right, and that's this is another good example of you know why using the object model is important. Yeah, the data was always on T on the SQL Server, and if you wanted to spelunk it and play with it, you could. You never should, but you know it's there, and you could have. But with the upgrade to um, twenty fifteen, the schema changes, and let alone talking to VSO. Yeah, you can't talk to the SQL Server on VSO. If you used these, you're good. Well, uh, yeah, and there's the, there's the SOAP APIs as well now. Well, there's the SOAP APIs always, but there's the REST APIs now as well, which mm-hmm. makes it easy for, like, a lightweight thing. But no, the right. client object model is, like, really, really, you know, a much deeper object model for doing access of stuff. And like you say, you get all that compatibility. Because, like, the schema, yeah, you have massive changes of the schema between CTPs, you know, but, like, yeah. literally between CTPs of an update, there's a huge change in schema. So don't don't be, you know... Uh, yeah, uh, don't don't be going directly to the operational database for sure. So, anyway, so it's ALM Ranger time again. Mm-hmm. We've had two in the show, um, and uh, two of my favorite ALM Rangers, uh, Anisha and Willie, had a great monthly catch up. You guys, we've talked about it before. There's an area on Channel Nine where they do the monthly catch ups. Well, when um, I've sent basically. Uh, I buy a lot of the T- Radio TFS stickers, and I, I, I send them to everyone uh, that I can. Uh, Angela's got some. <laughs> I've been trying to send them, and part of the joke in this that we get the shout out here in this show in this catch up is that uh, I've been trying to send Willie some. Did they get there? I don't know. I haven't watched the show yet. I see they did a shout out to the show. Have they got there? They in at the show they hadn't gotten there, and and literally I tried to send them from. Postal mail, like three times. I went to the FedEx thing. They told me it cost because he's in Canada, I'm in the United States. It would cost me forty two dollars <laughs> to ship him. And I said, "Oh, I like Willie, but not that much." I ended up just buying more stickers on Sticker Mule and just shipping them to his address, and it ended up being much cheaper and easier. During the recording of the show, he had not gotten them, but in a follow-up post on the 9th, he's, he shows that he got the stickers, and uh, he actually has them a nice picture of them all. And I've, because Anisha is in Redmond, I sent her her own batch, too. Dude, so you spend a fortune on stickers. Uh, they're just stickers. You know, it, it's... I don't get to send out swag much. I, I've got no Greg or cool thing or Channel 9 swag to send. Now that we got these stickers, I've got swag I can give people. It makes me very excited. It's like, woohoo, I'm kind of like real now. Uh, yeah, can you tell the coffee, coffee's kicking in? <laughs> but um, <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, 
initially they just shouted out you know it's kind of like you know mutual admiration society mm-hmm. they gave us a shout out because we give them the shout out because they give us a shout out but uh yeah they did a nice monthly catch-up yep yeah and they're always good to watch those actually it's, yeah it's um the rangers are just doing some great stuff so yeah thanks thanks both the, to those guys and to sam for popping by it was a good show yeah. And, and hopefully when we're up there, MVP Summit, if I go, I, you said you go, maybe they'll catch us and, and we'll be on in person together at the same time in the same location. Don't cross the streams. On video. Yeah, that's, that's like mixed media. <laughs> I quite like the audio only version. Speaking of which, actually, this is a, we'll stick this in. The, um, okay. the um, so, you know, I'm a bit of a slob. I work from home. I've worked from home for well over a decade now. So, you know, putting on pants is like a big deal for me. And, uh, at, at, That's a little TMI, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> at a wedding, we were uh, at this great wedding. It was a, it was a really good day, but it was fantastic. Nothing about your pants at the wedding, mm, right? Yeah, no. Uh, well, at the wedding, you know, we're all wearing suits because it's fancy. It's a fancy oh. wedding. And uh, I was sitting with Ed, and we'd have we we might have had one or two beers by this point, but we were just sort of talking about some stuff, and uh, we're like, "Oh man, it's actually quite good to be wearing a suit again," because you know, both of us like used to have real jobs and had to wear suits regularly, and now don't. And so what we decided is that we'll um, that we're going they start doing a fancy friday so from august 28th so let's do, let's do a shout out to the audience as well heck i'm gonna go buy a domain and set up a website for this we're gonna have our inaugural fancy friday on when this is like the opposite of dress down fridays it's dress up fridays mm-hmm. so we're all gonna we're gonna even though we work on our own in cupboards we're all gonna like put suits on or, or like just dress smartly you know you don't have to put on a full suit but just just look good right you know make an effort so fancy friday the first one is august 28th i'm gonna turn it into a thing so if you're a home worker or if you're somebody who just turns up to work you know like dressed like a slob like i do normally then uh, yeah fancy friday let's look good and we don't have to pretend that we're going for a job interview or something like that we can we just say hey it's fancy friday that's why we're in work like this <laughs> now yeah you definitely have to go get, get that domain name i've got it fancyfriday.org i just did it while oh we you were did talking. no i just did it literally while we're talking so uh <laughs> There's no website there yet. I, I couldn't get .com, but I've got fancyfriday.org. So, yeah, if, uh, if, hopefully, uh, I don't know, probably not by the time Greg gets the show up because Greg's a lot faster than I used to be. But uh, I'll get that before the inaugural Fancy Friday on August the 28th. I'll get a website all set up. I'll definitely, oh, let me go Let me go register the Twitter account as well before we, before we put the show live. Okay. Cool. Um, I, I do want to... Shout out! The emails are really starting to pick up. Rod, yeah. Peter, Robin, Edward, Michael. I really want to appreciate that. I really want to appreciate. No, I really do appreciate the emails that you send us. Um, it, it makes this much easier. We've hopefully replied to all of you, given you feedback as much as we can, or that's available. Uh, it, one of the one of the emails, I think it was from Peter, who asked me. It was like on August fifth. Um, hey, is TFS 2015 going to RTM by September 1st. And I knew from the champs list that it was going to release RTM the next day. So <laughs> I was kind of like replied back. Um, I- I- I'll let you know. I'll let you know more tomorrow. Yeah. It's going to happen. And then give him the link. It's like, woohoo, it's out. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Andrew is uh, email me as well. So no, he's, get quite a few of these. And uh, yeah, definitely we we love getting them. We don't read everyone out because quite often by the time we get to do the show, it, the uh, the you know the advice as as in these instances, the advice is um, is too old. But yeah, do, do, do drop us a line. Yeah, and the where should they address? drop us a line, Greg? Hmm? Where should they drop us a line? Yeah, just go on there. Radio TFS at Outlook dot com, which is working, should be working fine now. Good man. Make sure you- 
Send us an email there. Now, I have got another question for you. Okay. Martin and I are having something of a discussion. So you, the listeners, question for you guys. Um, would you be interested in hearing an interview from somebody who does a binary slash artifact repository? Uh, think of your own internal NuGet mm -hmm. uh, or NuGet++ server. I recently set up one at work. I really like it. Um, it was qu quick. It was easy. It was it's, – it's just working. So this is things uh, like, you know, like a NuGet gallery inside or a Sonatype or ProGet or MyGet, Artifactory, all those sorts of things. You know, one of those types of things. If, you, if this is interesting to you, binary, binary repositories, then drop us a line, I think. Is that, is that the call out, Greg? And then, yeah, and, yeah, definitely. And also, what's kind of important to you? Like, um, is is just NuGet important to you, or is NuGet and Maven, you know, or or whatever, you know, all the different Ruby gems and all that sort of stuff? You know, what right. what actually is on, important to you? Yep, and on prem or off? I mean, that was one of the key things for me. It had to be on prem, yeah, um, and it had to be simple and cheap, but still give me all the capabilities. So I picked one, and. Um, I'm not going to say which one I picked right now because I want to get your guys' opinion. Mm -hmm. um, I've already reached out to the company, and I want to try to interview them, but they're not necessarily a uh, um, Microsoft um, alliance partner. So th there's kind of a question about whether we should or not. Because Microsoft doesn't really have an artifact repository yet, I didn't see any conflict. But, uh, but I really want to get him on, so maybe I'll talk Martin into let's interviewing him anyway. But more importantly, what do you think? It's not about me. It's not about Martin. It's really about you. What would you like to hear from the binary artifact repository slash, you know, private NuGet server? Which one of them and what's important? Or which to you? ones? Yeah, which, 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 what requirements yeah. are important to you? Yep, cool. Yep. And again, radiotfs at outlook.com. Or you can uh, send us a voicemail, which nobody does voicemails. No, I've noticed that. Does, does it even work anymore? I don't know. Let me ring it and find it. out. Yeah. We get, <laughs> anyway. we get spam to it occasionally, so I'm assuming it works. But anyway. uh, uh, 1-425-233-8379. is our voicemail number. Drop us a line there. Uh, Twitter, at Radio TFS. We're there, too. You know, I, I announce, all, we announce all the shows. Um, the Facebook so page is getting some likes there. as well. I'm going to have to use that a bit more, I think. So. Oh. What? We have a Facebook page? Yeah, we do. I should probably get you oh. on that. <laughs> yeah, and talk to us on our Facebook page. Yeah. <laughs> I love the seat of the pants. Indeed. Podcasting. Dude, this is awesome. I'm, I'm still busy trying to register the rest of the domains as we talk. <laughs> well, Martin, my friend, I think that is a show. Mm -hmm. And thanks, everybody. Speak to you next time on Radio TFS. Fancy Friday's already gone on Twitter. It already exists. <laughs>
like I said, no, all the great ideas have already been thought. Oh, there's no great ideas left on the internet. At least I've got FancyFriday.org, so that's the main <laughs> thing. Well, hey, it just shows what a sterling good, you know, what a great idea this is. So anyway, join us, everybody. You know, let's get let's put this back on the show, Greg. So everybody, all the listeners have got to join us on August 28th okay. for the inaugural, for maybe not the inaugural, well, the inaugural Radio TFS affiliated Fancy Friday. How about that? <laughs> That's on the, on the TFS. Okay, and, and we'll make sure we keep this in our blooper reels. Yeah. Here, so. <laughs> cool. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Sure thing.